Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. We are here um, excited about what God's doing in the life of our church and, um, and beyond at this time. Um, in this season, we're feeling such a sense of stirring, of... Um, of kind of dissatisfaction. We love you guys. We're not dissatisfied with you guys at all, but we have this sense that there is just more in God's heart. You know, there really is. Um, I just want to share just um, just something for guys uh, briefly before we get underway. Um, about three years ago, I had a dream one night, and there were um, I walked into kind of like a, a lodge or a... Um, we good, yeah. Batch in the in the mountains. It was an al- alpine setting, and I walked in to the to the front kind of like entrance place, and 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 there was a fire going. There was an open fire, and it was roaring. And on the floor, there were two swords crossed on the floor. And then I walked into the next room, and uh, John Delmeda's son Gareth was at a table, um, and he's writing this list. And I looked over over his shoulder to see what he was writing. And he was writing down the names of every man in this church. And, and I woke up from that dream and I knew God was speaking about, the, uh, about what he wanted to release into the men of this church. I knew that it was about men burning with the fire of Jesus. I, I knew that it was about as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. You know, God is calling men to rise in this season, to take a stand, and essentially to become battle ready. I've got a a, um, a slide there. I just want to show you, um, and this is an initiative that I just felt God stirring in my heart towards um, around September last year. Uh, it's actually really cool because Ella designed this, and I didn't tell her about my dream with the two swords crossing either. So that was kind of like a prophetic, just awesome thing when I saw that last night. So like God's just really, that was a real witness to my spirit that actually God's saying something in this hour. So um, so battle ready is, um, I, I love that concept of being battle ready. You know, like there's a fight, there's a war that we've got to go to that we're called to do and we need to do everything that we can, whether we're men or women, to engage, you know, in that, um, in that, bite, in that fight and prepare ourselves. And so last, um, the, the last term of last year, um, I met with a group of guys here on a Wednesday morning, 6.30, and we just started opening up the Word, talking about the Word, talking about our lives, praying for one another, um, and it was awesome. And then I said, hey, how about we take this a bit further to the church, and on Wednesday mornings, um, every second week, we're going to look at having battle-ready squads or groups, if you like, where we could just get together, read the Word, uh, talk about the Word, pray over each other's, uh, you know, stuff in life, and then send each other out for the week. Let's prepare. Let's be ready in the morning. Um, so I just want to actually give an invitation to, to men um, to come along. We're going to have our first um, gathering on the 10th of uh, March, I think it is. Um, yeah, 10th of March, uh, 6.30 a.m. Uh, that's the morning. It's not the p.m. one. Um, and and it's gonna, there's five focuses uh, for this connection. Uh, but the Bible, the Word, discussion, being real. So come along, being prepared to be real, and prayer. 
And so uh, if you're keen on that, sign up at InfoDesk. Um, you know, we're just going to kind of get this thing underway, see what happens. And, it, you know, we're gonna, if, if the 50 people turn up, it's going to be like, whoa, that's going to be interesting. So we're just going to have to go on a bit of a journey um, in this as well, but we're really committed. We've got four weeks that we're going to roll out. Um, the first four are going to be um, talking about what does it mean to be led by Jesus. Jesus is my leader. What's my response uh, to that? So we've got some key scriptures that we're going to be looking at. So... That'd be awesome to have you um, as a part of that. So good. Let me just pray. Um, Holy Spirit, uh, we, just, we just thank you um, for, for this morning. Uh, we just thank you for your presence here. Um, just the privilege to come into to gather with, with people and worship your name in this country, God. We, just, we don't take that for granted, God. We, we thank you for your word that says we're two or more are gathered, that you are with us, God. And so we thank you for your presence right now, God. We just thank you for the word, um, your scripture, the word, the Rima word that you're putting on our hearts as well, Father, for, for the people. We pray that this, this word would not just be words, but it would be life and it would be spirit. We don't want to just hear another word. We don't want to hear just another clever sermon, God. We want to be changed radically by your love, Jesus. Amen. So last week, um, we opened up this, uh, our theme for the year, uh, the gospel. And who was excited about that? It's just, we are all about just going, hey, let's get back to what Jesus is all about this year. And you can, you can listen to that, um, to that message from last week. Um, in Acts 4.12, it says it's straight up about Jesus Christ confrontational message to us that salvation is found in no one else for there's no one no other name under heaven to which uh, given to man so there's no other name from heaven given to man to us to men and women by which we must be saved he is the gateway to salvation to our victory to relationship with the Father, His death and resurrection, there is only one gospel, and that is found in Jesus Christ. Uh, and so today we just want to open that up just a step further um, in regards to that. In Matthew 24, 14, uh, uh, Jesus says this, and this is the gospel, not just of salvation, but this is the gospel of the kingdom. <laughs> and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So it's not just a ticket to heaven. Uh, it's not just a, well, I'm just going to scrape in and, and see if I get saved and I can make it to the other side and, and come into eternity. But this gospel of the kingdom is to be manifested through our lives into every sphere uh, of, of the world that we're a part of. He cares about our family, our workplaces, you know, he cares about the unsaved around us. He cares about our finances. And so this gospel can be interlaced into every area of our lives. I remember going up uh, to Hamna uh, a few years ago to, to seek the Lord. Um, a crew of us went up there, and I, I was the first person into the house. And, and I opened the door of this house, and I went to walk into the house, and I just couldn't walk. I couldn't stand even. And I crawled up the hallway going, God, what's going on? This was not a normal thing for me. It's not like I walk into home and fall, fall on the floor. But I was going, what is this presence? This is heavy, 
heavy presence, and I just crawled up up the hallway. I I crawled onto a couch, and I lay there on the couch, and I just was um, going, God, what is there something in my heart that's wrong? Is there what do you want to tell me? Is his the weight, like glory is actually defined as weightiness. And it felt like there was just this incredible weightiness pushing on me. And it was one of the most powerful moments I've experienced without, you know, it wasn't a band playing. It wasn't anything. It was just like immediately into God's presence. And he said to me in that moment, I've called you to be a pastor to business people and to minister into this realm. And it was, I've never forgotten that moment. And I've know of, I, I, this was, it was probably 10 plus years ago. And I know I've lived out some of that, but I believe that there's more. And I wanted to share with you because God is interested in every aspect of society. He's not limited to a salvation message. The, gospel, the kingdom realm has all the wisdom, the authority, and the power to create transformation. And so the church, I reckon, Deb, our, our, the core part of our ministry and our biggest why in this next season is about transformation. Like we, we believe we're here. The church of Jesus Christ is, is created, is called, is designed to influence society and to bring transformation. To not just be a gathering as much as we love the gathering, but we are here to be in commission and to bring uh, transformation into, you know, the seven uh, mountains or mandates within our in society, media, government, education, economy, family, religion, and the arts. And, and we could look at every one of those spheres and think, man, where's the church? Where's the voice of the kingdom in every one of those uh, places? But I believe God's calling the church, he's calling his children to arise into a place of influence in those spheres. You know, the gospel of the kingdom is, is given to us to actually flow into our lives and then to flow through our lives to the world around us. And so we believe that this, this we're talking about this because we want to see the church awakened. Come on. We want to see the church awakened. I want to, we want to shake it. We want the, the, the radical love of Jesus to shake our hearts and to awaken our hearts for, the, for such a time as this, eh? Awesome. So, there was a Māori chief in Aotearoa in the 1830s. He said this, We've often had things come to us which we thought good. Cask of rum, barrels of gunpowder, and boxes of muskets. What has now come is to teach us not to drink rum, not to set fire to powder, not to use muskets, but to do us good forever and ever. Get this next bit. Our hearts are sick for the word of God. We desire it more than axes, hatchets, or blankets. This is in the 1830s, said in this nation. Our hearts are sick for the word of God. There is so much passion in that one statement. This is truly treasuring the gospel of Jesus. Now, uh, many of you will remember um, last year at Waitangi um, weekend, we talked about Tarori and her story, and we just wanted to share a little bit of her story again today. In the fields near Matamata, there's a small grave. A white cross adorns the resting place of a 12-year-old girl who died in the year 1836. 
The name of the girl buried in the grave is Tarori, and the story of her life and death demonstrate the power of the gospel to bring healing and transformation. So Tarori was the daughter of Māori chief called Nakuku, and she studied at the mission school in Matamata, where she was given a copy of the Gospel of Luke in Te Reo Māori by her teacher Charlotte Brown. This was a treasured possession to her, once again, the treasure of the gospel. She kept it safe by wearing it in a kiti around her neck. But one night while camping in the Kaimai Ranges, a raiding party came across her group and they attacked their camp, pillaging what they could find. So in the action in the skirmish, Tororo remained asleep. She received a fatal blow to the head while she was sleeping. Her attacker removed the gospel of Luke she was carrying, thinking it might be tradable. Now, her death immediately created a desire for utu, or revenge. But during her funeral, Nakuku, her father, preached against reprisals, saying there had been too much bloodshed between the tribes already. Instead, he called his people to trust in the justice of God. No blood revenge was sought. This revolutionary act set in motion a series of events that paved the way for restoration and reconciliation between the tribes. So no one in that raiding camp was able to read the book, and it was not until a visiting slave named Repahal, um, who was able to read, he read the text aloud, and then the people were unable to understand its meaning and its value. So Tarori's murderer, whose name was um, Oita, was convicted by the message of the gospel of peace. And he humbled himself and went to seek forgiveness um, from Tarori's father. And this was a big risk to him. He was risking his life. And a local retelling of the story claims that as the men approached one another, there were tears shed and they embraced one another. A church was built to honour the message which was brought about reconciliation. And we know from there that Repahau took um, Tarori's Gospel of Luke to Kapiti Island, and then from there it was brought to the South Island. You know, the power of the gospel has impacted this nation already. Now, Glenn said a couple of weeks ago that sometimes to go forward, we have to go back. Like sometimes to go forward in life, we need to take some steps back to put things right. But I also believe that to go forward in life, we also need to look back at history and see where we've come from. And like a lot of you will already know the story of the arrival of the gospel in Aotearoa, and we've just said a little bit more then. But we wanted to share a little bit more again because we have an incredible history in this nation and we have an even better future ahead. You know, our best days are yet to come. So, in 1845, there were 64,000 Māori out of an estimated population of 110,000 attending church services. So that is over half the population in church exploring the Christian faith. Isn't that an amazing figure? And there was, what you know, why? You know, and we also know that after that, the arrival of more Europeans, there was a greed of colonization, there were broken promises, and, you know, for a while things have gone backwards. But we know that the foundation of this nation is firmly planted on the gospel. Now, we were traveling around Northland just in January, and one thing that really um, struck me was the number of beautiful Māori churches um, all throughout Northland. There were um, churches in little tiny towns, and the churches in bigger towns, but all across um, these churches everywhere. Now, why did this happen? It happened because not only is the gospel personal for us, not only is it like my gospel, but it's an expanding gospel. 
It was never meant to be contained to just a handful of people. You know, in the Great Commission, Jesus didn't say, okay, you've, you've heard everything I've said. You've, you've seen incredible stuff. Your lives have been transformed now. Now go home, you know, maybe tell your families, but just live a nice life, live a good life. No, he did not say that. Matthew 28 says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In Matthew 10, Jesus' instruction was this, and I shared on this last year, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. In other words, keep spreading the gospel in words and action. It's an expanding gospel, ever expanding. I want to jump back in history again to a person called Toiroa, and some of you will have heard of, of this person. So he was a prophetic voice in Māori history in the 1700s, and he was someone that God spoke to to prepare the Māori people. He saw the coming of the European people before they even reached Aotearoa. He actually drew images in the sand, um, including the clothing that would be worn, um, their ships, horses, all sorts of things that were going to come. And he actually worked hard to prepare his people. He visited the villages that he thought would first encounter European people to prepare them. In 1766, three years before Captain Cook arrived and before a missionary ever set foot in New Zealand, Toiroa declared this, the name of their God will be son who was killed, a good God. This is 1766. This is, no one has preached the gospel. God has revealed it to this person. Then on Christmas Day in 1814, the first sermon was preached on the shores of this land by Samuel Marsden, and he wrote this in his journal afterwards. In this manner, the gospel has been introduced into New Zealand. And I fervently pray that the gospel of it may, uh, sorry, I'll say this again. I fervently pray that the glory of it may never depart from its inhabitants till time shall be no more. In 1814, this was declared that the glory of the gospel would never depart from its inhabitants. And we believe it's time for the glory of the gospel the simplicity, the wonder of the gospel to be reawakened inside each and every Christian across this nation, across this planet. It's time that we would treasure the gospel for ourselves and that we would treasure it so much and see how significant it is that we would then start to carry the gospel in word and action. Um, Mitch mentioned earlier that our theme for last year was Equip the Saints. Uh, So right now, because of last year's theme, you're equipped. Just turn to your neighbour and say, man, I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling ready. I'm equipped. (laughs) So if you missed that, um, listen to every message we spoke last last year, and then you'll come out the other side of that, and you'll be like, I'm I'm good to go. All right. Um, Or you could just read the Bible. And be obedient to the Holy Spirit, and that will also help you. <laughs> so, um, you know, an equipped saint uh, takes their part in the Great Commission, and the gospel has been 
spreading out, transforming this world for thousands of years. And I want you just to take a moment just to think about your salvation experience. Just how did that happen for you? How, how did you receive Jesus Christ? Maybe, maybe you're someone and you just kind of like did this metamorphosis, like a slow transition, and, and, and you're a part of church, and, and, and your parents went to church, and you're, you can't actually put you know, a date on it, but you, could, you know that you've, you're saved, and, and, you, and that's your experience. And that is an amazing experience, by the way. That is a, that's a testimony in itself, that kind of experience. You know, it's likely that you're a Christian because somebody told you about Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Somebody invited you to church. You watched some, someone on TV talking about Jesus. You maybe on the internet. Somebody, something sparked. You heard a worship song and the presence of God impacted your life. Somebody could have prayed for you and you were healed. The gospel is a commission. It's us partnering with the presence of God, the intentions of the Father. You know, Jesus only did what he saw his Father doing, saying, I'm available, and then stepping out in faith. You know, the church is God's plan A. <laughs> you know, turn to your neighbor and go, hey, you're number one. <laughs> you're the plan. You're the, there's not a backup Bible. No, the Bible version, Mark 2, open this just in case the other one doesn't work. This, this is, this is the, the plan. And he wants to use his church to spread the word, to spread the story of his name, of his fame, of his transforming power in our lives. And so this year is a part of the expression of this church and us kind of going, how can we partner with this together? We want to honor everyone's story in this church. Everyone, everyone's got a story. Uh, everyone's got a story of his goodness and, and his transforming power. And we want to give you an opportunity to share your story uh, and the story about how the gospel has Im impacted your Life and no one is disqualified from sharing their story. You know, whether you're raised in a Christian home or just last week, I was hearing the story of someone who's in this church and they were just blind drunk at a party, and then the radical love of Jesus hit them out of nowhere. They were lying, they ended up lying on the floor under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and at the same time experiencing the love of the Father. They went to a church the next day and they were led to Jesus. You know, that's a cool story as well. <laughs> and so we want to celebrate how the gospel has uh, transformed their lives. And in a practical way, we're going to do this is that, you know, you may have come to one of our, our testimony Sundays where we celebrate the story and, the, and, and on, the, on the big screen, we've got people sharing. Well, we want to give an opportunity for everyone in this church to share like a one-minute story of how you came to faith, how Jesus impacted your life, and how he has got a message for you to bring to others. You know, your message, your word, what happened in your life is it's just too good to not be shared. And I know you're sitting there going like, well, it's not that amazing. 
well, other people have a better story, you know, that is just a discredit to the fact that your life is transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Like, I want to call you out. I want to call you to behind a camera <laughs> to share your story. And we, wouldn't it be amazing if every Sunday for the rest of this year and for now on that we've got someone, someone like you, sitting there just sharing what Jesus has done in your life and we can celebrate that. And somebody's sitting there who said, man, I needed to hear that story. Someone unsaved came in and heard your story that Sunday and was impacted by your story. I would, we would love to get your story this year. And so we've got, like, after the service today, I want to encourage you to go to the info desk, write your name down, and start the process of thinking about what my story is. We want to hold your hand with that. We want to give you some things to think about as well so that, you know, you don't feel like totally like, oh, I've just been, there's a camera in front of me and I don't know what I'm saying. We want to help you and coach you through that as well so it can just be, um, you know, it can be celebrated and, and, and it can be as best as it can be. So you feel confident in the way that you are actually delivering that. So, yeah, it's going to be cool. Um, also, we would love to see some of these testimonies go beyond our church as well. And so with your permission, we will be going, okay, let's get these on social media. Let's get these out there because other people need to hear your story. So another way we can be part of the co-mission is to partner with missions um, internationally. And next week we have an opportunity, and um, we shared this last week, we have an opportunity to partner with World Vision in a new initiative in a specific location, which we're not telling you about till next week, um, in a specific way. Um, and so come along next week. During the week, just be praying and asking God, God, is this something that you want me to be part of? And all will be revealed next week. Um, also, international missions, we have Jeff and Julie. Um, they are coming into church in March, and they are heading back to Cambodia um, just after Easter. So they are an incredible couple who we support in Cambodia. Um, most of you know Des, Des Tudel, um, and Global Gospel Movement as a church. We support the awesome work that he's, he does and that he does in training and equipping people for the work of ministry of evangelism. There are other international missions opportunities that we are going to partner with further that we will tell you about as well in the coming weeks. Local missions, just to mention a few, 24-7, an incredible work that happens in our high school. And I just want us to honour Sasha for a minute. We're going to clap for her. She's an amazing 24-7 youth worker. Let's just give her a big clap. She's doing an incredible job in mentoring um, and just supporting, encouraging, calling up um, youth. And honestly, the work 24-7 is absolutely outstanding. And we're really hoping that very soon that we'll be able to support a second 24-7 youth worker in one of our local high schools. Rachel's House, just to mention another one, incredible organisation that supports and mentors young mums and their families. The Youth Project, every Friday night here, incredible things happening in our youth. This is for our own church youth and it's for community youth and it's continuing to grow. It's amazing. Mini Movers, want to give a shout out to that too. That's our music and movement program for our preschoolers. That is um, a number of community mums are a part of that. And that's just kind of shifted location in the last few weeks over to the loft as well, just to make it even more fun and more accessible for our community. Also, commissioning in our own sphere, our own lane. 
You know, it's up to us to share the gospel in our lane. And we need to be asking God just maybe every day, every morning as you get up, okay, God, how do you want me to share the good news of the gospel today? What do you want me to be doing? Do you want me to pray for someone? Do you want me to give someone a word of encouragement? Am I supposed to give someone a gift? Am I supposed to preach the gospel? Be asking God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? You know, the commission of the gospel is for right here and now. It's for this moment. But like we talked about before, we've, when we talked about the history that we have in this country, it's also a legacy. It's a legacy of the past. It's a legacy of the present, and it's a legacy for the future. And what we choose to do right now, each one of us, what we choose to do now in this moment in time will impact the future generations. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. Stay up to date with everything that is happening by following us on 